Hi everyone and welcome to The Power of Joy with me, Adam Lyons. I am so excited. I have strictly OG Erin Bogue on the podcast today and you are in for an absolute treat. I could listen to Erin talk forever. I told her that I needed to write a book because I was on every word. She talks so much joy about her career before Strictly Come Dancing, all about the show and so much more. After meeting professional dance partner Anton de Beck in 1997, they went on to win so many championships across the world, followed by appearing on the first 10 series of the legendary Strictly Come Dancing. After becoming the nation's favourite ballroom couple and capturing our hearts, they then went on to doing tour after tour around the UK, in which I was lucky enough to join them for six of those tours, and we talk all about that. So let's get stuck in to the power of joy with Erin Bogue. Erin Bogue, our strictly OG sensation, welcome to the power of joy with me, Adam Lyons. I am gleaming to have you on the show today, blessing our ears with the glitz and glam you always bring with you. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I did. I love that. Thank you. That was very nice intro. I am very well and it's, I'm even better to see you because it's actually, it's been a while, right? It has. It's been a year. Right, it's so been a year and I feel like I have to keep up with you on social media so obviously I follow you and uh, whatever you're up to and it always makes me laugh whatever you're up to makes me laugh because oh. I'll tell you what you never change <laughs> I you never seem to that. lose your energy Adam no. I mean you just have this abundance of energy and uh, flair so and your your social media is full of it Well, that's what led me here. That's why I am now doing the power of joy, because I have so much joy and energy to burn and put out there. That's the reason we're here today. So thank you, Erin. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to be a part of your podcast. Thank you. It's like a dream come true. I'm like, I've got my leading lady, strictly OG, talking to me. It's just, yeah, it's overwhelming. (laughs) Now let's jump straight in by asking, what brings you joy in a typical day in the life of Erin Bogue? Uh, I guess there's quite a lot of things that bring me joy. Obviously, family uh, brings me the most joy. My son, who's now nine years old, I can't believe it. He's, uh, I mean, he's in a year or two, he'll be as tall as me. And I, I and I'm not short. Um, and they just seem to grow up so fast. And I don't want to miss anything. So I try and be there for every, if I can, I try and be there for everything. He brings me a lot of joy. Obviously, my husband brings me a lot of joy. Um, but also, do you know, I, I was I was speaking to someone yesterday. Teaching people to dance brings me a lot of joy. It makes me happy, especially beginners. Yeah. I love it when beginners walk through the door. I, I, I teach um, quite a few workshops and dance classes and stuff like that. When you have beginners walk through the door and you teach them something very basic, whether it be a one, two, three, or in a waltz or a step, step, cha, 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 in Latin, at, they go away smiling. They go away happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time, I think, too, with men in particular, they're unsure when they walk through the door. Maybe they've been dragged along by their wife or girlfriend or partner. Uh, and and they're a bit scared. But you see the joy when they walk out. And they can't wait to follow week just to learn a few more basic steps. And there's nothing else involved. You know, there's no politics involved or competitions involved or anything like that. They do it because they love it. Yeah. And that makes me happy. 
Oh, well, that brings me lovely onto asking you the question, what age did you discover your passion and your joy for dance? Uh, well, this is sort of split in two, really. I started dancing at the age of four. Just, I think a lot of kids do when they're young. They, they dance in some form. I did a little bit of everything, uh, including ballroom, obviously. And um, I just did that at a local dance school on an afternoon a week, probably after school. And then when I got a little bit older, seven or eight, I did some competitions. But they were only little competitions, you know, in a little hall down the road with other people from around the area and uh it wasn't until I was 15 years old mm-hmm. and my mother sent me to Australia so I I'm from New Zealand originally Auckland New Zealand and my mother sent me to Australia to stay with my auntie and I got the privilege to go and watch the South Pacific Dance Championships and it was this incredible experience it was like the doors opened for me. I saw these incredible couples. Now, I mean, I was already dancing and I was all right, but these incredible couples were competing and they were from all over the world. Uh, and they'd come to Sydney, Australia, to do this big competition. And it was it, it was incredible. And yeah. I remember running down, I was up on this, this um, stand and I ran down to the side of the floor and I said to this couple as they came off the floor, I mean, what do I have to do to do this? What do I have to do to be like you? And they gave me a list of things. They were very nice, uh, this young couple. And uh, I went home and I did it uh, in in the ballroom in the Latin field. And within three years, I was New Zealand champion. Uh, You know, and there were simple things like a decent partner, dance partner, and you have to train every night, find a teacher that inspires you. Yeah. uh, And work hard have a dream, have a goal. Um, you, you know, it doesn't mean to be you, you want to be world champion overnight, but you have to have small steps, aim for them. Once that, tick that one off, go for the next one. Um, so I did that. And then I left New Zealand when I was 19, traveled back to Sydney, lived there for a year and a half to further my career. And then I ended up here in London. And it was because it is where all the world champions were training. Mm-hmm. at the time actually now it's more international so it's all over the world but at the time London was the place that you really should be yeah and is the ballroom world as competitive as I've been told it is it's it's, it's mental brutal brutal it's brutal it's not like straight become dancing uh I mean that, that's a fairy tale <laughs> and that's more of an entertainment show but it is brutal because these couples, they dedicate their life like any sport, like anything. It doesn't even have to be a sport. But something when it's your passion and it means so much to you, you want to win. But um, as we all know, uh, in a competitive world, you're probably going to lose more than you win. Yeah. And it's not just a physical thing um, because physically you can get fit. Physically, you can you know get yourself in shape and in order. It's, it becomes a mental challenge because you become tired and, and you know, you get knocked out in a round that you don't want to get knocked out. And it's learning from that and moving on. But, yeah, I mean, it's a bit – and there's a lot of politics involved as well. I mean, you have to go to the right teacher, go to the right competitions, wear the right dress, wear the right dance shoes, get on with your partner, you know. Um, not it's much a lot. Better. And you have to have a certain front, I guess. Um, 
and you have to work hard. You have to be good. You have to be the best. You have to want, when you get to that level of competing against the top couples in the world, you have to sacrifice everything. Mm-hmm. But that's not just in boring dancing. That is in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. That's a life lesson as well, I guess. It's a life. It is a life lesson, and yeah. I think that a lot of people um, only see the finished product. Mm-hmm. They never see actually what's gone on behind the scenes and what that person, couple, group of people um, have gone through to actually get where they are. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. And how did you meet? who would become your dance partner, Anton de Beck? <laughs> well, I had travelled over here, so it was 1996. I can't believe I'm saying that. 1996. Obviously, I was merely a child. And uh, I was very young. And I had come over and I was here with my New Zealand dance partner. And just, just let me just put this into focus for you. I, I arrived at the airport, Heathrow, with a couple of suitcases and a couple of boxes. And that's all we had. We had 1,200 quid in our pocket and we had nowhere to live. And um, I went to a WH Smith that was at the airport and I said, sell me a map. They sold me a, a, um, a to Z. You're probably too young to remember what an A to Z was, right? <laughs> I you vaguely remember. I so, was in a pram. Um, that's it. And, and that took me to Surbiton, funny enough, because of the programme, The Good Life. I opened it up and went, oh, look, there's Surbiton. That's where the good life was. So I was here with my New Zealand partner. We found a flat and stuff and a, and a couple of jobs. And the dance studio where we were going to be training was in Cheam. Now, during that time, I trained very hard with my New Zealand partner. And Tom was around on the circuit. I would see him at different training sessions, practices. You know, I'd be on the competition floor. Not there's Anton. Yeah. Uh, swishing past. He had a bit of a reputation. Um went through quite a few partners at that time I know he did yeah um and then my New Zealand partner I'm not going to name names because actually he still lives here in London and funnily enough we're still friends um he decided to go to the pub more than training I mean he was young right we're young yeah and I didn't like that so I got rid of him I said thank you very much I have come over to from the other side of the world to do this and um up came Anton's name so what happened was I was I was uh, working as a nanny during the day for a professional couple, uh, or professional lady or so, and she said, what you've got to do is see who's around and available, split up with their partners, write them down on a list, who would be suitable, height-wise, do you know what I mean, what they do with them, they'd be more or Latin and make a decision. And I, there was five guys on that list. Uh, Anton loves me telling the story because Anton was actually number one on that list. He was yet again without a partner. And he split up with his partner. And so we got in contact and said, hey, do you want to have a tryout? This was like 27 years ago, 1997. So uh, that 27 years ago. And uh, we had a tryout and we were sort of right for each other, mm-hmm. height-wise. And, you know, he was specialising in ballroom. I, at that time, went, okay, I'm going to specialise in ballroom, chuck the Latin side. Uh, and, I mean, that's how we got together. Yeah, we had a like blind date, isn't it? Yeah. So we went, how are you? Hello, I'm Anton. I said, yes, I know. I'm Erin. And he knew that I was from New Zealand. He knew that I was working for this professional couple. And we got together and we started training really hard. And it was it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, it's and just we meant started to off be. As, 
yeah, amateurs together, uh, we, ha we had to make a decision whether we were going to dance for England or New Zealand, because right. I'm from New Zealand, you could choose. Uh, yeah. We decided um, it was better for us if we danced for England. And I mean, gosh, and then time flies. I mean, we went right up through the amateur ranks. Uh, we turned professional in 2002, Strictly started in 2004. Um, so we competed for many, many years. We went all over the world. I mean, we had a great career. Um, I must say it was tough. It was tough. Uh, Anton was tough. He's, uh, he, I mean, he even says himself, as soon as he stuck on his black painted shoes, he became like, <laughs> his, in his words, a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> he was crazy. And um, we always had this thing that we, we said to each other, you know, if, if, if our competitors aren't training, we are. So, you know, we've got to train harder. Uh, we've got to train wiser yeah. uh, than everybody else. And uh, we did. I just feel like it's destiny that you you met and it didn't work out with the various dance partners before because look what you have both achieved together is well, mind-blowing. Well, that's right. I mean, who knows what we would have done in the competitive world because I think in 2004, Four, five. So 2004, Strictly Come Dancing came about. We were ranked about 14th in the world at that time in the professional circuit. And then we realized that Strictly Come Dancing was actually taking over all of our time. Mm -hmm. uh, there was two series in 2004, and then, of course, it went on, and uh, we were doing other things. And that, you cannot keep up with the competitive world if you are doing other things. So we went, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, we went down the Strictly route and stayed on Strictly Come Dancing. Um, thankfully, that paid off. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's a completely different world than the competitive world. I really didn't know what to do with my... I felt a bit lost when I stepped out of that world right. because, I mean, it, it's so fast-paced. Um, we would do different things and different shows. and But I learned to enjoy my dancing more because I guess I wasn't being judged mm. and people would then come along and see us dance and loved what we did. Um, we got a chance to show everybody and not just the dancing world, but Joe Public, people who fell in love with Strictly Come Dancing, because yeah. as you know, because you toured with us for so many years, mm -hmm. people love to see it live. Yes. They want to be there. They want to, they want a bit of that sort of magic. Mm -hmm. they, they want to sort of step out of their world for a few hours step into ours and it's not just I mean I got to wear these incredible costumes I mean I've got cupboard full of them upstairs yeah. um and I mean they are incredible you feel like a million dollars every time you stick one on yeah a hundred percent now Erin what brings me the ultimate joy is when people achieve their dreams like you and Anton have now I've worked my butt off to have so many pinch me moments in my life so far and surely for you Strictly was one of them how did it feel to be booked on the biggest dance show on TV <laughs> as a Strictly professional well I mean it, it's incredible Strictly Come Dancing is is sort of like a dream uh now you gotta remember I was there right at the beginning uh series one and you're the original Original. Bow down. I am, I am bowing down. I know. Um, and so no one really knew what it was going to become. Mm. You know, England had the first ever Strictly Come Dancing, and um, most other countries have bought the same format. They call it Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I think uh, England's the only one that calls it Strictly. And it become became this phenomenal worldwide uh, success. Yeah. Actually, I think it's even in the Guinness Book of, of Records. 
for the biggest reality TV show ever. But wow. as a dancer, it is like a dream. Uh, you're out there performing in front of millions of people every week. You get to meet some phenomenal people on the show, uh, whether it be the person that you get the pleasure of dancing with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the celebrity couple or the other dancers or the guests that come in, even the people that are, you know, running a, around making the show such a success because there's so many of them, from the, from the runners to the hairdressers to... The makeup people to the the the, the, uh, the the people in the gods we call them yeah yeah the producers you meet some great people and it is such happy memories. There's nothing quite like standing behind about ten minutes before the show goes live. Yeah. You are standing behind what people don't see. They see the backdrop. There's stairs that roll up each side and you're standing on either side, depending on where they put you at the time. They call out an order that you walk down and then the drum would roll, Dave Arch, and then it, you could live from the BBC. And then all of a sudden your heart goes oh, like this. Goosebumps. It, it is, it's, you, you're nervous, but it's more of an adrenaline rush because mm. there's no going back. You can't run away. Sometimes you have to hold your partner on there because they want to run away. And then you sort of, and then they push you out and there you are at the top of the stairs and you have to walk down without falling over. Uh, looking all sparkly. You spent hours in the makeup room and you look glamorous, you know? Mm -hmm. You stuck hair on you and they, you look $100 with your, mm. your makeup. Your costume is all glittery. And then you've got to dance your partner through. Sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it doesn't. But yes, strictly come dancing is for a professional dancer, I think, is the ultimate dream. Uh, back at the beginning, I, I guess there was a lot of talk about, is this going to work? Is it going to be good for our industry? But it has. And not just oh. our industry. I think dance in general, it's been great for. And it's brought a lot of kids in. It's brought a lot of people into dance classes, any type of dance. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, I think if you were to go back 25 years, and and I know, especially for Anton, and they say, what do you do? And he says, I dance. Well, what way do you do that? I mean, where do you do that? And mm. it was sort of an old-fashioned thing. Now, if someone says they dance, we go, where do you dance? What do you do? How often do you do it? So it's a great thing for our industry in yeah. general. Yeah, it's changed the game. And strictly, it just has that magic. The joy it brings, it really is like no other show on TV. And the way they continue to capture our heart year after year, it's just gold. They do. Yeah, they do. And they, they every year they try and make little tweaks and changes and stuff like that. But it's a, it's a great, it's a great show. And the nice thing about the show is it's nice for whether you're five years old or 85 years old. Mm -hmm. It's just great viewing. Yeah. Erin, you were my dad's favourite of all time. Oh, and then when I got much. to dance with you, he was like, I can't believe it. He <laughs> just couldn't believe it. <laughs> now what is your fondest memory of this magical show Strictly Come Dancing oh, is there one particular moment that most I don't know if there's one I don't think I could round it up to one particular moment yeah. uh, there were so many great moments and I, I particularly liked dancing the professional not so much the professional group numbers but when Anton and I went on in front of big singers and uh, there was one incident with Andrea Bocelli and he was singing, and I mean, if, if when he sings, there's big stars that go onto the show, and then there's huge stars that go mm. onto the show. And you get Shirley Bassey and Andrea Bocelli, et cetera, like that. And they are what I call the big stars. 
Yeah. And they rehearse during the day, and we get the pleasure of sitting and watching them rehearse. And he comes in, and his voice is insane. And um, Anton and I, we, we danced in front of them a few times. This one time we came out and I don't know why I was nervous. I have no idea why I was nervous, but I think it was because it was Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. And he was singing with Catherine Jenkins and we were standing on the side of the floor and I went, this is just an incredible moment. Yeah. I'm about to walk in front of this, this man that I've always listened to, watched uh, and go and dance and, and we danced in front of him. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. Um, also, I mean, another uh, magical moment, always magical, is that I got the pleasure of working with, working beside, dancing with Bruce Forsyth. Oh, and I had always watched him as a child, you know, back in New Zealand. My nana used to love Bruce Forsyth. To me, he was always an old man to me. I don't know why, maybe it's because I was a kid and then I came over and then they announced that Bruce Forsyth, right back at the beginning, was going to be the main host of the show. It was like, wow. Wow. Can I just tell you, he was the most grounded, inspirational man. Oh. Uh, such a big heart. It didn't, didn't matter who you were, whether you were one of the runners, whether we were one of the stars, one of the dancers, one of the judges, he treated everybody the same. Yeah. And he was always well rehearsed, always knew what he was doing. He was great to look up to. Yeah. He was great to speak to. You were always his favourite. Mm. Uh, as he used to say... And if something went wrong, he was always there. Yeah. He was always there. And Winnie was always by his side, always by his side. Uh, every single week she was at the show. And she was just, she was phenomenal. And he was an inspiration, I think, in, in my career. Yeah. Uh, working beside him. And especially when you go out and he, he said, okay, so we're going to do this number and I want you to dance with me. I said, okay, Bruce, what would you like me to do? He said, just follow me. <sighs> just follow me. So you'd go out there in front of millions of people <laughs> and you just had to follow them. Uh, like Anton, really. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the same. <laughs> so I had lots of practice. And he'd spin me out and you sort of look at him and then he'd move one way, so he'd move the other, he'd spin you in and off he goes again. So he was, he was great. He was great. It's now I'm just going to close my blind because guess what? The sun is blaring in. The sun has come out because you're shaving joy. <laughs> there you go. You and are sunshine. There you go. I am back in. <laughs> now, you mentioned earlier about yes. your looks, some of your costumes. Mm. Can we just take a moment of appreciation yes. for these looks? Because I know firsthand from touring with you, you wore some breathtakingly beautiful dresses. Mm. Can you remember one of your favourite dresses or costumes you've ever wore? Apart from your wedding dress. It could be your wedding dress. I probably wouldn't wear something that I didn't want to, apart from... What? Oh, and I still it still makes me cringe now. Um, that was back on Strictly, and it was this purple thing with all these strings, and I did tango, I think. Um, series nine, maybe no, series nine, maybe series eight. Uh, anyway, um, my costumes are, are incredible, and most of them are made for me, especially yeah. the ones for the tour or the ones on Strictly Come Dancing, and it's by a company called Dance Sport International. Uh, and they are local. They're in they're in London, and they do the most incredible jobs for you know the most incredible costumes for the show. Vicky Gill is their main designer, mm-hmm. um, and they are like putting on a glove. They like putting on a glove. Yeah. I was dancing with Rory Bremner, and we did a quick step, 
Um, so that would have been series nine. And um, it was this beautiful white dress and it had feather boas and it had a lace top. And I don't think there was a piece of lace that didn't have a rhinestone on it. Uh, and that was beautiful. Actually, I kept it for quite a while. Now, I'm very lucky because Dance Sport International, they sponsor uh, Anton and I. Um, Anton loves the way I say that. They sponsor Anton and I. Now, he doesn't get to wear the dresses, but they supply my dresses <laughs> to wear when we're on tour or we do doing shows or whatever we talk corporates. Um, and they send them to me and I wear them. Mm-hmm. And I can either send them back or I can keep them for a bit longer. Uh, and then I send them back and then they send me a new lot of costumes, which is uh, great. And they um, sell them on. Uh, they send them overseas to other Dancing with the Stars. You know, they send them to a competitor or whatever they, they need them for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very, very lucky because you do feel great when you wear them. And I also believe that um, that DSI, Dance Water International, do them for Dancing on Ice as well. Oh, wow. I yeah. remember, yeah, I remember you having a fitting at the DSI and I was just in awe. And I always remember, like, you used to wear some blue, a lot of blue sparkly outfits and that would always oh, stick like in my blue. mind. I like I thought turquoise. So. I yeah. like turquoise. And also, um, I quite like, it. you never did it on a competitive uh, floor, but when we're on tour, I quite like a trouser suit. Yes. You know, the trousers, and they make me a trouser suit with a fitting jacket, maybe some sparkles down the side or they put some sparkles on the hat. I thought yeah. it was quite a classy sort of look. I mean, we did many numbers together yeah. uh, where we did matching outfits, didn't we? Well, yeah, you must feel so empowered when you are floating across that dance floor, literally looking like a million dollars. And it would bring me so much joy hearing the audience literally gasp as you elegantly took to the stage. It's just incredible. There is that moment where you come out in a dress that you know is beautiful and um, there is that gasp when you walk out. Yes. Sometimes you walk out and it's normally sort of like a walk or something like that because it's silent, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. then the music strikes up, but it's sort of like a romantic number, so it's not loud and crashing. And then you get that... (gasps) Yeah. It's electricity. I love that. So it brought a little smile to my face. Yes. Because the costumes make um, can make a number. Mm -hmm. And um, they were always so beautiful. Yes. And worth a fortune. Worth a fortune. Can I just say those ballroom dresses are worth about two and a half thousand pounds. If you get a competitive one. Uh, I know on Strictly now they make a lot of different sort of costumes. They sort of theme the number, if you like. But a proper ballroom dress will will put you back about two and a half thousand pounds and and a Latin dress about one and a half thousand. So they're a lot of money, but they're all handmade. Yeah. Well, no wonder the audience gasped. Thousands, yeah. thousands of pounds on that stage. You'd be upset. Shenne, shenne, shenne. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, as a female, when you go out there and you're wearing, especially ones with boa fed, your boas on the, feather boas on the bottom, and you yeah. do this spin, 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 and then you stop, but the dress keeps going, and it's quite heavy. Yeah. So the dress keeps going, and then you get the, <laughs> when it stops. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. You make it look so easy. It's amazing. It was, it was nice. It was nice. Especially touring with you, Adam. And that's what we're going to talk about right oh, now. Oh, yes, go on. How many tours have you done with Anton? Was it 13? 
Uh, 13 or 14. Do you know, I haven't really counted. Yeah. I think it was 14 in general, but I took a year off um, because I was having my son. So that would have been 2014. Yeah. Um, but your 14 shows and uh, for 14 tours mm-hmm. uh, nationwide. Gosh, we went up and down the country. Sometimes we went from one side of the country to the other. I mean, you'll know this. And then you're in you're in Bournemouth one night and you're in Manchester <laughs> next. Yeah. Well, you're in Manchester for a matinee the next. Yeah. So you have to drive. You finish it. You know, you're off at 10 o'clock. Uh, then you have to do stage door. So we did stage door. And we wouldn't get away till sort of 11 o'clock. Yeah. And then I would drive half of it, stay somewhere, and then drive the other half in the morning. It used to make me laugh when I used to see you on the motorway. I pass you on the way to the next venue sometimes, like, there's Erin, a leading lady. Hello. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, though, isn't it? I, it's fun. I never took a tour bus, was never into tour bus. They offered that yeah. at the beginning um, because everybody leaves at different times and, you know, fall out with anyone. Not that we ever did on tour, mm. but, you know, you have to wait for certain people or... Anton and I would always be one of the last to leave. So that would hold everybody up. Uh, and plus, I like to come and go as I wished. If I wanted to get there early or I wanted to stay late or I wanted to stay over the night or I wanted to take off and go to my next destination, then we always had that freedom to do that. Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to experience six UK tours with you. And what did you enjoy most about touring? Uh, everything. Well, there was no, not everything. I, I lie. Um, I loved being out on stage. I loved that excitement of standing there. Do you know those butterflies just as, as, um, the orchestra strike up and, you know, and then the curtain opens or, you know, everyone gets really excited and they start clapping. Love that moment. Love it. The butterflies start. And then I called the the first one, I always call the opening number, the lung opening. Mm Mm-hmm. You can be as fit as you like. That first one, always hard work. Oh, gosh. From then, from then though, you sort of relax into it, don't you? Yeah. Um, so the, the bits that I love, I love, I love the moments with the audience. I loved, I loved the moments with you guys. I was always most relaxed when it was group numbers. Oh. I think it's because nothing could change. When I'm dancing with Anton in, in the solo numbers, things <laughs> often changed. It was quite a laugh. <laughs> Kept me on my toes all the yeah. time uh the, the moments of being together the bits that I didn't like I don't know whether you're going to ask me this but I'm going to yeah, tell you course, anyway. yeah. I didn't really like the first two weeks in the studio putting it together the last week fine mm-hmm. the first two weeks only because my brain doesn't work as fast as yours for example it did in the ballroom number so you give me a ballroom number I remember that you know double reverse spin throw away every way because that's how my brain works mm-hmm. when I had to learn theater numbers Suit new, I mean, you know, that's stuck in my brain. Uh, you guys do a suit new, you turn one <laughs> way, then go back the other way, then you do a little kick here, a little flick there. I mean, that doesn't stick in my brain. That always took me forever to learn, right till the last possible week. You guys were so patient. But I can so relate patient. as well, because you and Anton would then be teaching us more musical theatre commercial performers how to do some of your ballroom techniques. So I relate to everything you're saying from that side. It really is difficult when it's a new style and learning different things to, to get your head it around. It is. It's like a new language. It's like learning a different language, right? Completely, yeah. Now, I have lifted you above my head and carried you across the stage like the goddess you are. And I wish the audiences watching you could feel what that's like. What do you wish? What are you, what are you saying? What are you saying, oh. Adam? Are you saying that I'm heavy? Is that what you're no, saying? No, because you fly. You just fly 
I fly. I thought you were meaning that actually she's particularly heavy. Not at all. You are a feather. You are as light as a feather, a goddess. I I must say this. You have lifted me many times, uh, the whole 56 kilos of me, and that is quite incredible dancing with you guys. The trust, I mean, I, I trust you with my life out there because you guys you luke um barnaby whoever the, the three boys were um yeah. you were there for for quite a long time you forever every single tour had something where you had to lift me over my head um it's it's a great feeling for me yeah, i get to relax cool. up there i mean and i'm up you guys never dropped me never no. once did you drop me no, don't I'm... worry we won't drop you leading <laughs> you're in total control your strength and stamina um was beyond was you, beyond you always seem so fearless and is that true or well, were you sometimes scared <laughs> i was i was never concerned yeah. uh i was never concerned that you were going to drop me and even if i, I was going to come down i knew i was going to come down in some lovely manner if yeah. something went wrong i mean it is live right you know that it's live mm-hmm. So you do whatever, 40 shows, something's bound to go wrong at some stage. Um, And there was a couple of times maybe that, that, you know, a bit of a wobble, but I was never, ever, ever concerned when I was out on stage with you guys. Not one moment. Never did it cross my mind um, that something would go wrong while I was up there. Uh, there was sometimes it was, I mean, I love it. I love moments like this. I love moments where we've got group numbers. Yeah. And maybe somebody, I call it a brain fart. Someone has a brain <laughs> fart and does something completely different. And you yeah. know that they've gone wrong. And you have that little laugh. <laughs> that little laugh. But they style it out. They style it out. Who yeah. would ever know? Who would ever know apart from yourself? And you go, the side eye, the side that, eye and a confident smile. Said, that's it. Interesting. That was interesting. And we have a bit of a giggle out the back. Those moments are priceless. They, they are. They're priceless. Um, but never, never was I nervous, not once. The whole six tours that you were with us, that uh, you would drop me or something would be a disaster because you guys were phenomenal. You, in particular, are incredible. Oh, I love you. Uh, Thank you. And I'm not saying that because I'm on here with you. Uh, I'm saying it because you are incredible. You put your whole self into every single performance that you do. Uh, Great to watch, great to be around. I mean, the amount of times, and I I haven't told you this, the amount of times, obviously, we are out the back in the changing rooms. Mm -hmm. You, the energy that you had, (laughs) I don't know where you get it from, Adam. I don't know where you get it from. It's my age. Uh, we've got a two-hour show to do, sometimes matinee and evening, and there's always commotion going on in your changing room. Sometimes <laughs> I'm or you're just over the corridor, and I can hear it, and you always had me laughing. I'm just oh. sitting there having you doing a few stretches. You guys are, like, up, down, pumping it out, making something up, hip-hop yeah. and making an Instagram post or dressing up and different bits of oh, material. Yeah. And uh, there was always something going. And then you would think after the matinee, you might want to reserve some energy <laughs> for the evening show. But no, not in your dressing room. Uh, it was always a full on. There was something going on. I mean, you'd go out and get something to eat. You guys would disappear for a few minutes. Then you'd yeah. come back. 
There was always something going on. And I had no idea where you get all this energy from. No idea. <laughs> it's just joy, joy everywhere in my veins. You are, you, I mean, it was always joy. You always brought joy uh, <laughs> wherever we went. And wherever you were, Adam, there was always joy. Oh, take me back. I miss it so much. You are very busy right now, Adam. I mean, I see it from your post. You're out there, you know, Miss Doubtfire. You're giving oh. it some. What was that the other day? Tell me it was a Halloween dress up. You were Britney Spears? Britney Spears. And that's what used to go on in the dressing rooms before your show. I'd be doing Britney <laughs> impersonations. There's You're a window. Britney. Do you remember the yeah. big window in Basingstoke? Yes, I do. I remember very well. That would yep. be where the performances would happen. I'd be in front it of was. that window as if it was a tour opener. Rise and all. I know. We came in to watch your performance. You got it already. Dressed <laughs> yeah. up all the bits. I think you'd been to the costume person and then you got some material and you were draped in it. And there you were, giving it. You were giving it full sell. Oh. And the show hadn't started yet. And then, a few minutes before the show, you'd pop on your costume and out you went. We sold it. Every single day. We all just Every sold thing. everything what we had in our souls. Well, and that's quite important because, as you know, when you see a theatre show... It's everybody out there in the audience's first time. Mm -hmm. Now, we may do it over and over and over again. Um, not that it ever gets boring for us, but, you know, we get into a pattern, if you like. But you always have to remember that everybody out there, it's their first time to see you. Yeah. And you've got to sell a show. You've got to go out there uh, and give it 100%, even if you're having an off day, even if you're sick, even if, you know, something happens. No one wants to know if your cat's passed away mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, your husband's unwell. They don't care about that. They want to see what's on stage. You want to bring them into that special moment. Oh. And, uh, I mean, you were a big part of our tour and I couldn't imagine doing it without you. Oh, thank you, Erin. Thank you. And you inspired me every single day. You are just amazing. <laughs> I think you kept us going every day, Adam. Oh, what a joy. Now, what has been one of the most joyous moments of your life? Well, I, there's been so many joyous moments. I mean, you can go personal when that was be having my son. Yeah. Uh, because before that, I couldn't imagine life with children I mean what was that all about uh people say oh well, it's going to be great I mean I had morning sickness morning noon and night until oh. I was about 26 weeks pregnant and I was lying on the bathroom floor in tears um but then people say oh you know it'll be worth it in the end and they were right it was worth it in the end that was joyous uh having my son is joyous um I guess just certain points of of my career is joyous I mean dancing in Buckingham Palace dancing in front of some of the royal family, getting invited to all these these great things that you go to, um, people that you meet, uh, going to a tour and, you know, having another tour and walking out to that stage and in front of, you know, 1,000, 2,000 people is, is incredible. Walking out on the Strictly Come dancing floor. How can you... Oh. How can you bring it all down to one moment? I, I don't know. know if there's ever been one moment in my life... It seems um, to be a continuous joyride, your entire well, career and life. Of, of course, but it's it's not, is it? There's always something going on behind closed doors. But I think when you're out there in front of people, you want to, you want, well, in my career, you always want them to enjoy what you do. So I don't mm. ever bring anything personal with me. Totally, because it's, it's escapism, fine. right? It is, yeah. For it both, is. for both parts, the audience Absolutely. and us going on sometimes. Absolutely. 
And you want to also have a, uh, so, you know, I've got my personal life where I have some joy and I've got my career where I have joy. Yeah. So that's quite nice. And then my husband is also, because he's not from a dancing background, uh, I come home and we speak about something different. Um, sometimes when he's had a few to drink, he'll get up and... Uh, trot around the floor swing me around the kitchen that's quite a joy um, that is a joy <laughs> well, that's quite nice but it's i mean listen i have got many many i'm i'm very lucky i am very lucky because as of you you get to do something that you really love as a career and most of the time it doesn't feel like work mm. mm-hmm. like it really doesn't and and there's been many many pinch me moments where I walked out and I've gone, wow, this yeah. is incredible. This is incredible. And I feel lucky to have had that in my life. Yeah. Um, if you had asked me when I was 10 what I wanted to do, I wouldn't say I wanted to dance as a career. I, I never said that, actually. I think I wanted to be an air hostess or something like that. Um, but, wow, I'm so glad that it it all fell into place and I had the opportunity to find something that I loved um, and work with some incredible people along the way. And um, they say reason, season or for life, don't they, when you meet somebody. And a lot of them have been for life. Um, And it's also been a joy just to meet people for a reason, Uh, you know, that may become a season, but hopefully for life. Yeah. And that's nice. And I will always have great fun memories, uh, always try moving forward and um, still enjoy what I do. I think the moment that you don't enjoy what you do as a career is a moment to rethink. Oh, 100%. And I just love how grateful you are for it all. It just seems yeah. like you practice gratitude, which is the power oh. of joy. No, well, I think uh, coming from where I came from, uh, with nothing, I started with nothing. So, and I didn't come from money and I didn't come from a background of dance and um, because you create it yourself and uh, you follow your dream in, you appreciate things along the way. And that's really important. It's really important to appreciate Never, ever take anything for granted because it can be taken away in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try not to take anything for granted. And I will also, I love helping people. And hence mm. the reason my beginners or charity uh, work, helping people achieve their dreams as well. Oh. And I think that's important to give back. It's yeah. really important to give back. Uh, so, you know, I often do that as well. Yeah. And talking about helping people, do you have any words of wisdom for any aspiring dancers out there? Oh, just follow your dreams. I mean, Mm. but you have to give it 100 percent. I mean, inspiring dancers, people want to be world champion, be ready to give everything up and give it 100 percent. I mean, give everything up uh, and follow your dreams. If you just want to dance socially, I say get off the sofa, (laughs) go along and give it a go. Find something that you love whether it be Latin, whether it be ballroom, whether it be contemporary, whatever you sort of feel like doing, go Argentine tango, go out there and give it a go because 100% you're probably going to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's it's great for the mind, it's great for the soul, it's great socially to meet people, it's great fitness-wise, you're learning a new skill 
um, and give it a go. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Whether you're a kid, whether you're a teen, you know, you're in your 30s or whether you're 70, 80 years old, go out and give it a go. Because you do meet a, a, a group of people who also love the same thing. Um, but yeah, you, you, have to, you have to love it and you have to dedicate everything you've got into it and be ready for the knocks and yeah. use those knocks to become stronger. Oh, Erin, honestly, thank you so, so much. You are just gorgeous, and it's filled me with joy talking with you today. Oh, thank you, Adam. No, thank you, and thank you for being one of the most humble, hard-working, leading ladies out there. I've got nothing but the fondest memories dancing around the UK with you, spreading joy to your beloved fans, and I was always in awe of your kindness and your professionalism. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Have me on again. Oh, my gosh. I want you to write a book. I honestly could listen to you forever. (laughs) Your stories and just how you captivate. I'm on every word. I don't want it to end. Oh, well, do you know what? If I wrote a book, I'd have to put all the nitty gritty in there, though, wouldn't I? I'd have to tell all the secrets. (laughs) Behind-the-scenes secrets. People love a BTS. (laughs) Now, let's finish this joyous podcast with a quick fire round of questions. So I'm going to give you some options. Just answer with the first thing what comes to mind. You ready to have some fun? Yeah. Okay. When you think of the word joy, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Dance. What is your coffee order? I don't drink coffee. What do you drink? Tea. 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 Favourite animal? Cat. What superpower would you like to have? Oh, I'd like to be invisible. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in some scenarios and places. Man, I'd love that. I would like an invisible cape. Me too. Favourite takeaway and what's your order? Oh, favourite takeaway? I try, I've got to be honest with you, I try not to take away. But if I do, love sushi. Love Japanese. So it would have to be Japanese food. Oh, yes, sushi. Favourite home-cooked meal? Mmm. Uh, roast. Just did a lamb roast yesterday. I don't often <laughs> cook a roast. Um, I prefer to go out because of all the mess. But uh, my son and I, we went to the butchers and we bought a lamb and uh, we, we cooked a little lamb roast. But I do like a good stir fry. I love a good stir fry because it's so quick and easy, healthy. Put it, throw everything in oh, and done. You're making me hungry. Your favorite season? My favorite spring. Spring. Most yep. important thing in your life? My son, Ewan. Best holiday you've ever been on? Oh, gosh. Um, do you know, I, I sort of like Dubai. It's a love or hate thing, isn't it? People love Dubai, people hate Dubai. I love Dubai. And can I, I'm just going to tell you this. There's a great, I'm going to recommend it. Uh, the Jamira Al scene. It's a bit like being in the Caribbean. So you're not in the hustle bustle of it all. Uh, beautiful white beach and you can always guarantee the weather. Oh, we'll have to go. I've been manifesting you to go and do a show in Dubai so I can come and dance for you there. Yeah, that would be a great <laughs> idea. We should do that, right? Manifest, there's a lot manifest. Of people that would come and... Yes, there was talk of it. Um, <laughs> we do a show in Dubai. Let's do it. Let's do it. Favourite place on earth? Home. Your favourite dance style? Ballroom. Of course. Favourite TV show? Oh, favourite TV show. I like, I don't know why, I like crime scene investigations. I love it when, uh, like, FBI things and uh, anything like that. But also, I like a place in the sun. That's quite different, isn't it? A place in the sun. Only because I sit there and I go, 
oh, that would be nice. Or why would they want to buy that one? Yeah. That would be lovely. Right, it's right next to the sea. Oh, I should buy that. That would be great. Uh, I can't cool. believe you've just said that. It's one of my favourite programmes. Love it. <laughs> it is because you sit there and you dream, don't you? Yeah. And you look at the houses and you go, oh, I could do something with that. That would be lovely. Look at that balcony. It's everything. Winner of Strictly Come Dancing 2023. Who do you think? Oh, um... Ellie, yes. Ellie, Ellie. I'll tell you what. Um, Layton's great. Ellie's great. Angela Rippon. Now let's just uh, let's just say for a minute she's seventy nine years old. She gets wow. it her leg up by her ear. How many people can do that? Uh, quite classy. It's open right now because it's still early days. Mm -hmm. So ask me in a couple of weeks and I will pin down the last three for you. Okay. And finally. Yes. Favourite ensemble dancer you have ever had on tour with you? <laughs> well, you see, there's a guy that I know called Adam. Oh! And he is incredible. <laughs> so, uh, let's put our hands together for Adam. <laughs> oh, thank you, Erin. Honestly, you are just an absolute joy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And thank you for having me on. Well, my joys. How about that for a bit of joy from Erin Bogue? I'm honestly just still gagged that she was on my podcast. It's a bit of a dream come true. And like I said earlier, she was my dad's favourite. And she really did capture the nation's hearts. When I told everyone, oh, I've got Erin on the show this week, so many people were gagged. Everyone just loves the magic, the joy of Strictly, including my dog. He tunes into it, honestly, it's the only thing he actually watches. I always joke with my friends, I'm like, yep, yeah, Oscar's watching Strickers again. But I often well up with pride watching the contestants improve and how much it means to them and the powerful performance showcasing some of the best talent in the world from the pros. It really is a joy to watch and it was a joy to have all of that inspiration and to get the story of Erin Bogue about her passion, her determination, her drive. She really is a powerful, beautiful, talented woman and I'm thrilled that she shared her story here on The Power of Joy. Thank you so much for listening. Please give this podcast a little rating. Give it a share. Spread the joy. And I will see you next time on The Power of Joy. Mwah.